Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Wrestling Overtime with your favorite Stooges. I'm Oscar Rendon, always joined by my partner in crime, my best friend, the best man at his wedding, and obviously his only friend. (laughs) (laughs) Timmy Tabout. (laughs) The sad part is... (laughs) He ain't lying. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Oh, shit. Oh, man. Uh, Oscar's my one and done. (laughs) My one D. (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) Fuck. I thought you were gonna come back with something else, but no. I, didn't, I didn't expect you to admit it. I mean, oh man, if people are gonna know more about me, yeah. <laughs> I mean, look, you you have a family. You can't be going out hanging no. out. No, I, can't, I keep my circle small, guys. Yeah, yeah, one. It was just one circle of one. Yeah. Uh, uh, my circle's uh, as big, maybe a little bit bigger than yours, but you know, uh, I get out. You know, I'm a I'm a whore for <laughs> for friendship. <laughs> I'm a dirty slut. <laughs> oh. oh, man. What a way to start. Oh, fuck. We're already off to a great start on wrestling overtime. Oh, man. So uh, we're going to talk about the things we couldn't get to on wrestling with Stooges, like uh, Sting retiring at Revolution <sighs> next year, 2024. It's just a few months away. March, I think, is when Revolution usually is uh, ha- usually happens. So we've got uh, roughly five months with Sting before he officially retires. Tim, Man. how do you feel? Well, oh, Sting. I was just happy that we were there for his debut in WWE. Yeah, Survivor uh, Series. Man, what a moment that was. I'll yeah. never forget. Um, was, this, was it 2014? 2015? 2014. Yeah, Survivor yeah. Series 2014. Um, yeah, uh, we kind of expected it. Like, yeah. we knew it was coming up, um, but we just didn't know when. Yeah. A lot of people thought maybe it was going to be back at All In in front mm-hmm. of the biggest crowd AEW's ever had. Um, but yeah, Revolution 2024. We don't know who his opponent's going to be yet. We don't know where Revolution is going to be at. Maybe St. Louis. Mm. I don't know. Would you even want to go? Uh, maybe. I know I don't we're know. saving for Mania, but... Um, yeah, I don't know who. I feel like yeah, my mania savings have uh, taken a dip yeah. <laughs> these these past couple weeks. <laughs> um, we 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 might go to Philly, but we'll we'll be standing outside the arena. <laughs> we'll be listening in. <laughs> um, <laughs> pray for us, guys. Oh man, hopefully, hopefully we. Uh, hopefully We're trying we to go. make it. We'll make it. Um, I think, in my mind, I'm immediately thinking of who his opponent's going to be, and I feel like Darby would be a very good last opponent yeah. for Sting. It'd be good for both of them. It'd be great for Darby. I mean, imagine being in his shoes yeah. at his young age, being able to be in Sting's retirement match. Like, there doesn't really have to be a story to it. Like, we know their story. Like, they're, they're friends. There doesn't have to be a turn. Like, nobody has to turn on the other. It could just be a good baby face, baby face match for Sting. 
Um, clearly, they could go other routes, but in my mind, that's where I think that they should go. Um, yeah, I don't know. I feel like maybe not a turn, but if I had, if I were writing this, and if I were booking Sting's last match, and if it were with Darby Allen, I would kind of do it in a way where Darby Allen feels. Um, how would I feel it? Uh, kind of uh, uh, not not happy about it. Like this is how I would book it. It's right around Revolution, or like a couple, like maybe like a month or two before Revolution. Sting comes out and he's like, "You know what I said about retiring? I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe if I, uh, you know, uh, I don't. I don't think. Uh, I don't think I'm going to retire after that match." And then Darby's feeling a certain way about it. And then Sting kind of comes out and says, I don't think you understood me. If you don't beat me, I'm not retiring. The only way I'm retiring is if you put me in the ground. If you are the one to beat me, pin my shoulders to the mat, one, two, three. And Sting's kind of egging on Darby Allen's like, look. You want to beat me? You got to beat me. It, you know, it's like you got to choose whether you want to beat me at Revolution or you want me to continue being in your corner or whatever. And I think uh, kind of make it almost like that Shawn Michaels, Ric Flair sort of. That's exactly what I was about to say. Yeah. Leave the memories <laughs> alone. <laughs> uh, <laughs> give, us yeah. a, give us a great package. <laughs> Yeah, I like that. I like that. Um, what song? What song would you use? <laughs> Ooh, because so, I could see Darby Allen recreating the look at this photograph. Mm, that fit perfectly. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I could see a lot of it. I could see. I I don't know. I think um, if anything, I would try to do the Ric Flair, Shawn Michaels sort of deal. You know, um, where yeah. Where Sting's kind of like, kind of second guessing his choice, and Darby's got to be the one to put him down. Essentially, kind of like, hey, I know you. You, you can even make it sentimental. It's like, look, I know you want to be with your family. I know, I know you don't want to let them down, uh, but I got to be the one to beat you. I got to be the one to retire you. I got to send you home. You know, something like that. I don't know. I just think. Um, it's got to be compelling. It can't just be a match and then he's gone. You know, you got to build it up. You got to you got to make people care. Like even though Ric Flair didn't retire after that match, <laughs> even though it was his retirement match, he's had a million ever since. He's had a million retirement matches after that. But you got emotional. You got invested in that story even during the match when uh when Shawn Michaels super kicks him, you know, switch him music. He said, "I'm sorry. I love you." Kick them in the Kick, kick them in the smoocher. Beautiful. You know? Poetry. Mm. Cinema. <laughs> I will say it could be a world title match too, but eh, mm. I don't know if I'd want to go that route. Uh, I don't think so. Especially for a retirement match, then you know he's not winning. <laughs> well, know? that's not always true because I remember, I remember Trish Stratus had her, well, she didn't really retire after that, but she had a retirement match back in 06 against Lita, and it was a women's title match, and she won. And she retired as the uh, champ. Mm. And even though Edge was forced to retire, like he he retired as champion. Yeah. So you never know. Uh, but I like the Sting Darby idea. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man, I, I uh, 
It's crazy. That's going to go by so fast, five months. Yeah. And then he's going to be gone. I mean, I remember watching him in TNA, like when Christian jumped ship to TNA and, uh, <clears throat> you know, he had matches with Christian and Jeff Jarrett, some of the best matches I'd seen. Uh, and, you know, just becoming a fan of Sting. Um, and then I remember discovering, like, old VHS tapes that my dad had uh, recorded of WCW, uh, and some of them had Sting on them. And to think back, and to think back at a a time when my dad used to watch wrestling, and Sting was probably one of the wrestlers he watched, and now, you know, fast forward 30 years, and we're watching him (laughs) as fans, and then also watching him retire, it's kind of, it's got to be crazy, you know? Yeah, it's super all, crazy. All the emotions, you know. But uh <clears throat> but yeah, I don't know. Um I'm sure once we get closer to Revolution 2024, we'll have more to say about it, but for now, I think uh, I mean, our pitch is Darby Allen for for the for the final match. Um I mean, I can't think of anybody else, you know, that would give him a good match. Yeah, I don't know. Um I mean, I'm sure there are other names, but like Darby's the only one that like comes to mind. Yeah, pops in my head like right then and there. Um, maybe a Brian Danielson or John Moxley. I, I would say Chris Jericho, but I don't know. I think it needs to be a like younger, up and coming. Yeah, talent. I would say for for the for the rub, it would have to be a younger talent. For the story, I would say Christian. So that afterwards, when it when Christian's feuding with Darby again or something, he'd be like, "I took away your father figure," <laughs> uh, some some bullshit like that, because I it would just be hilarious. Yeah, you know, or, or even if it wasn't Christian and it was Darby, you know, and then like the the next dynamite, Christian comes out, Darby, where's your father figure sting? Oh, that's right, you retired him. I feel like they're probably gonna do that match pretty soon. Yeah, Sting and Christian. I feel I feel like it has to be, you yeah. know, because um, I mean they used to have great matches in TNA, and I still have like the the Christian Cage like best of DVD, and I mean oh gosh that just shows you how old I am. It's a DVD. It's not even a Blu-ray. What's the DVD? It's a DVD, you know, and uh, you know a lot of the matches like a lot of like his best matches were against Sting and TNA, so it was, it was Sting and Kurt Angle and Samoa Joe. It was a lot of people, but uh, but yeah, man. I don't know. I'm gonna, I'm gonna miss Sting as a performer. You know, even though he hasn't been like peak Sting uh, for a long time. You know, it'll be you know, obviously sad to see him go. But you know, it, once you get older, you gotta start thinking about your body. You know, and he's he's taking some crazy bumps these past couple of years. I I know, man. Like especially for his age, like he can still go out there and do some crazy shit. Yeah, and, like takes take some crazy bumps um yeah i'm gonna miss him too um he has we all know how much he's given to the wrestling business and yeah for him to be able to go out on his own terms because he kind of prematurely retired i think back in 2015 because of his injury um so for him to be able to come back and do what he loves and you know give back to some of the younger talent um, and AEW and tell some more stories along the way. It's 
going to be sad to see him go, but at least we have a timetable and we're prepared for the tears. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're ready for the memories to be left alone. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Sting. Thank you yeah. for uh, so many years. Thank oh. you for stinging us. Stinging us. You just got stung. <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's a, that's a reference to our old podcast uh, on the Ropes Wrestling Podcast. If you if you can find it on Apple Podcasts, give it a listen. You yeah, know? <laughs> you know, we, just for laughs. We had we had, we had some pretty good gems in, on there. Um, <clears throat> uh, speaking of TNA, TNA is back. Impact Wrestling. I don't know if it's going away or if if Impact is just going to be the name of the show again, and the company will be going forward as TNA. But um but yeah, after Bountiful Glory, they aired a vignette and TNA, the official kind of logo and, and and letters are coming back TNA. Titties and ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest with you, like I wasn't like a hardcore TNA fan, like I was kind of more of like a casual fan, like if it was on I would turn it on and maybe like watch a little bit of it. But like back when like AJ Styles was there, Samoa Joe, Christian, Sting, like Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair. Like I know all those guys were there, but I never really like kept up with the stories. Um, and then like, what was it? The Aces and Eights stuff. Yeah. So like, I don't know when TNA like was not TNA anymore. Like when did it become just Impact? Um, yeah. Around 20... 12, 2013. Yeah. Okay. So for about 10 years now, you know, had a good run. Uh, <clears throat> I'm glad it's back because I just always felt like I, whenever I watched like an episode of Impact, uh, I always thought it was just awkward that nobody could chant like TNA, you know, like with AEW, you can chant AEW, AEW, WWE or whatever. Uh, but TNA, that was, I feel like that was the first time since ECW where there was like a rabid fan base for like you know a smaller wrestling promotion you know yeah i guess it's just because of the tna i don't know <laughs> yeah maybe but um <clears throat> you know uh, i mean roh was around but even even then it was i think tna was the one that kind of felt like a second you know like there was wwe tna roh you know um i don't know like I'm excited to see what they do with it. You know, I have a lot. I know a lot of people that work for TNA and uh, Impact. You know, uh, it's, it's gonna be hard to get used to because I've I've gotten used to saying Impact now. Uh, but uh, you know, guys like uh, Rohit Raju, uh, Jake something, he works for Impact. Um, you know, we we've had a lot of people on in Glory Pro who have you know wrestled on Impact slash TNA now. So, you know, I'm just excited for the opportunities that uh those people get and hopefully uh hopefully with with the with bringing back TNA, hopefully it gives it a, a nice rejuvenation maybe and and more people start to watch it a little bit more cuz I feel like TNA has uh a lot of great talent there, especially young talent. And you know, it just needs a better I don't know, showcase, you know. More people need to be watching. Yeah, yeah, I will. I will be watching for sure. And I've always, I also <laughs> wonder like if they're gonna eventually make their way into uh, like bigger venues and 
like work their way up to that. Um, you know, starting next year with the uh, change back to TNA, and I feel like there's big things on the horizon for them. Obviously, um, yeah. So I have I have high hopes for them. Yeah, and uh, they might become the second company under WWE. Yeah, <laughs> with the way AEW is going, who knows? I mean, I mean, as far as attendance, yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, um, that's the thing. Is like I think um, uh, the the place that they were at for Bound for Glory was packed, you know, and I'm not sure. I think I don't know how much it holds, but it looked maybe like two thousand people to uh, I would say close to three thousand maybe, and it was sold out. And uh, what what's what's AEW doing now? Like like six thousand seats. You know, something. something like that. So like half of what impacted or, you know, double of what impacted. So it's, you know, TNA is kind of is getting there, you know, and uh, I wouldn't be shocked if TNA started to kind of climb up. Um, like I said, they have great talent there and, uh, you know, they're doing really great job. They're doing a great job with building storylines, building up talent. Um, <clears throat> so I'm excited to see what happens, you know. Hopefully, uh, good things happen because I think I think as exciting as ROH being bought out by AEW was, uh, the only negative slash downside to it is that it's being booked by Tony Khan, <laughs> and you know it's like it's basically Dynamite 2.0 or you know or whatever you know it's 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 not that much different from what we're getting on dynamite or collision or rampage it's just another version of it and when you have different creative people in control of you know c- different companies it gives it a different flavor and it just doesn't feel like the ROH that I grew up watching on ABC 30 <laughs> channel 30 <clears throat> for the St. Louis people and uh yeah like i don't know like it there's something, you know, there's something about it that just doesn't feel the same. So hopefully TNA will kind of replace it and kind of give AEW a run for their money because I feel like they have a really great product. Uh, some would say superior product just on, you know, just just on figures alone and, and, and storylines and stuff like that. So who knows? It's funny because it uh, seems like Tony Khan thinks that AEW is in competition with WWE, but... Seems like they're more in competition with Impact because WWE is on its own level. Like nobody yeah. is even close. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's just gonna be funny. Like we're not anti Tony Khan or anti AEW, but just with the way the product's going. I mean, you got you got you got guys like Adam Copeland, Edge, Brian Danielson, Moxley, Chris Jericho, and like. It's just things are not going their way, and yeah. um, like we just said a minute ago, like with the attendance and viewership, it's almost pretty even with Impact. Yeah, and uh, it just Impact's going to catch up pretty quick. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. I mean, look, uh, it's you got to start asking the question of, you know. Like you said, they have Adam Copeland, Edge. You have Brian Danielson. You have John Moxley. You have Chris Jericho. Fucking, you have Sting. You have all these like legends and like top, you know, like top, top, top names 
and you can't sell out, you can't at least fill up a little, you know, uh, an arena with them, you know, like, like a lot of the guys that AEW has are basically like your pick, pick who you would want to start a promotion with and, and, and make a company. You have a lot of those people, you know, Andrade, um, Malachi Black, you have a lot of these great, uh, performers and again what i've noticed the inconsistency we've we brought this up i don't know how many times but like if andrade was on every week i feel like he'd be one of the a really big name on collision like if you had him every week you know having matches having some kind of feud something but you have him do a match with brian danielson you call it a dream match even though they've wrestled in wwe you call it a dream match and then I'm pretty sure we won't see Andrade for another three weeks. You you create this momentum with this match that people really liked, and then you're gonna halt it for two to three weeks. I don't get the booking. I don't get I don't get any of it. You know, it doesn't make any sense. Yeah, the, he called it a dream match. I'm sure the match was good. I didn't watch it. I'm sure the match was great. But as soon as it was announced, I'm like, this isn't a dream match at all. Like, you have two great competitors in the match. I'm not discounting that, but it's like, okay. Like you said, now what? Like, what do you do after that? Like, Andrade's probably going to go away for a while. Um, And it was just a random, out-of-nowhere match that, like, nobody really cared to call a dream match. Yeah. Um, But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got guys, Ricky Stark, Swerve Strickland, future world champions, hopefully. Uh, I really like what Swerve's doing right now, um, and it's just all over the place, dude. Yeah, uh, you know, it's just. Uh, <clears throat> I think. I think they need to really. I think Tony really needs to start looking outside uh, and trying to build a, an actual creative team instead of being creative director or whatever the fuck he calls himself. Um, because again, we'll ask the question: Where's the creative? Um, booking matches doesn't make you creative. Storylines, creating storylines, building storylines from week to week, making them cohesive, not dropping it—that's the creative side of it. You know, um, booking shows anybody can do that. You and I, we could be like, "Oh, we'll book Brian Danielson against John Moxley this week." Aren't they in the Blackpool Combat? Like Who the fuck cares? It's a dream match, you know. <laughs> Why are they wrestling? Because they want to. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, no one will care, especially if like the next week they're friends again or they're whatever. Again, uh, anybody can book a show. You just need to look at names, put them together. Booking a show is way different than than building, creating, and I don't know. I, I oh no, no no okay. Let me go back. Nobody, not anybody, can book a show. Anybody can book matches. That's what I meant. Anybody can book matches. You know how I know? I used to play Raw versus SmackDown <laughs> GM mode. <laughs> I could book matches, bro. We were masters at that. I was a I was a fucking G on, <laughs> on GM mode, and um, anybody can book matches. Booking a show is way different, and I don't think Tony Khan is up for the task. Or I think, or I would say this: if he actually had some creative writers that aren't wrestlers, I think I think you need to go outside and maybe get some writers from the entertainment world 
to kind of bring in that flavor of of like drama and and excitement for the 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 rivalries um and if he collaborated with them i feel like he would be able with the help of other people book a good a good show but right now he's just booking matches you know and you know i just think it's hilarious that he cares so much about a a made-up award by dave Meltzer, booker of the year congratulations you book matches you don't book a show you don't book shows you book matches and i don't know i just think it's like i said anybody can book matches you know give me some names let's book a let's book a let's book some matches Booking a show is different. So, I, I don't know. I just... <laughs> I'm a little frustrated. No, I hear you. I you mean, know? he's... I think the, also the problem is he's probably... You know, he's booking... Not just, you know, Collision, Dynamite. He's got ROH, uh, Rampage. Like, he's got all these shows. And I think he's only focusing on certain things. And there's that's why there's really no stories anywhere. Like, he's his mind... He's scatterbrained. Sorry, I, I'm not trying to talk shit on Tony Khan, but I mean, anytime you see him, he looks scatterbrained. He's, <laughs> he just—it's just, it's just like a wide-eyed look on his face every time you see him. He's—he's he's, he's a beautiful minding. He's beautiful minding it in his head. Like oh, I gotta book this. Yeah, I'm just like, dude, maybe don't do any press scrums and just kind of you know chill out. Yeah, and even something simple like. Last night on Collision, I, I was watching a clip like, uh, um, it was uh, what was it? It was like Malachi the what's the group's name? That uh, House in, of Black. House of Black was attacking the Blackpool Combat Club. Like there was a big uh, scuttlebutt going on. John Moxley came out to save him. Got this big baby face reaction. People were chanting for Blackpool Combat Club, and then Orange Cassidy comes out afterwards for his match and then shoulder blocks moxley for no reason like what the hell is that about like you got orange cassidy who's clearly supposed to be a baby face and then john moxley who's also supposedly back to being a baby face again it's just like little things like that like it's just doesn't make sense to me like clearly they're going for moxley and orange cassidy again at some point probably but like Orange Cassidy, your babyface, is gonna shoulder check another babyface for no reason. I don't know. It's just it's just stupid things like that that just really frustrate me and confuse me. You know, it's like the character work and <clears throat> yeah. Like, are they heel? Are they babyface? Like, yeah. I feel like he switches people all the fucking time, and it's just I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't commit a hundred percent. Yeah. You know, I feel like like if if. He he had it his way. He'd book Christian as a face immediately or something, you know, with with Adam coming back. And I'm pretty sure Christian was probably like, "No, I'm I'm gonna stay heel. This is working. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna switch it up just because Adam's coming. You know, we'll we'll weave it into him coming back. We'll make it even better. Like I'm sure that was probably his mentality. It was like, oh, we gotta get Edge and Christian back together. Mm. And Christian was probably like, hold your horses, bro. <laughs> I'm on a roll. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna let you fuck up. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm batting. I'm batting a hundred right now. Yes, he is. You know, and like if the fact that Christian is the thing people are talking about the most, not MJF, the world champion, uh, not even Adam Copeland Edge, who you know made his debut. The fact that people are specifically talking about Christian, this is what I'm talking about when I say, and why I've always been a Christian fan since 
God knows how long. Like, you know. Like, fucking, I went to fucking SummerSlam with my Christian action figure to get it signed. Only for him to, only for them to fuck you, or not fucking you, but fuck me, by saying, oh, this is somebody else signing. And then when we leave, we're like, okay, he's not going to be here. All right. And then I come back. He's there. I'm like, what the fuck? I've always known. I've always said it. Christian is one of the best wrestlers in the world. He's one of the best character uh, when it comes to characters and just wrestling. I've always said he was one of the best. And I'm happy that now people are giving him that recognition, that people are talking about him. Uh, And I've always known this. I've said it I don't know how many times when it was just me and you in a room together and we're just talking shit or whatever. I've always said Christian Cage, one of the most underrated wrestlers in the history of professional wrestling i think everybody i think says that but i've been a fan since like i'm trying to go back back to when he turned on edge like whenever i was whenever i was trying to catch up with wrestling i remember like watching all these dvds and stuff of edge and christian and stuff he at that point he had been gone from wwe because i started watching oh like december of 05 i think he left i think he made his tna debut like in november of 2005 so i was trying to catch up with everything and even from then 2005 when he was in TNA I was a big fan of him when he was in TNA and then when I started re-watching a lot of the older stuff and knowing that he had a history with Edge and stuff I was excited for him to go back to WWE <laughs> so I've always known this people are finally noticing it but unfortunately Christian can't carry AEW on his back alone he needs help he needs people to support it with him Otherwise, everything he's doing will be for nothing if, if attendance doesn't go up, if viewership doesn't go up, you know? Like, I, I swear to you, if tomorrow they said Christian is gone from, T- or from AEW, I feel like 200, maybe 100,000 people or viewers goes down. People stop watching. Yeah, I agree. You know? Like, that's the only reason why I'm watching right now. I want to know. I want to know what kind of father stuff he's going to say to people. <laughs> I need to know if he's really my father. You know, yeah. We need DNA tests, you know. Um, uh, <laughs> we. He's making me start to question my own dad. Like, are you really my father? Because <laughs> <laughs> apparently uh, Christian Cage was in St. Louis around the time of my conception. <laughs> <laughs> you know, the, the timing just doesn't add up, dad. <laughs> Who are you really here? <laughs> um, but uh, but <laughs> but like I said, man, like I think I think AEW seriously needs somebody else working with Tony Khan to actually book a solid show, so that their rate. Because uh, look, if if what Tony Khan cares about the most is ratings, then you need to bring somebody in who knows creative or who knows just you know, writing, like writing for television, you need to bring somebody in to help you write storylines because clearly he doesn't know how to or if he accidentally stumbles into something great, which is Christian, I don't, I think everything that's happening is all Christian. I don't think, I don't think Tony Khan has like any like input on it. I'm pretty sure Christian's just like, trust me, I got this. You don't need to tell me shit. Well, yeah, Tony Khan... If you look at Christian and look at Tony Khan, Tony Khan doesn't have a wrestling mind. Christian's been a part of wrestling for decades at this point. Yeah. So he knows he knows what to do. Um, yeah, uh, I just... Yeah, Tony Khan just needs help. That's all he I needs help. 
You know? Again, when when we give this criticism, it's not to be like, hey, get the fuck out of here, Tony Khan. What we're saying is you need help. Accept help. Reach out for help. Get some help to help you write these shows so that Collision feels different from Dynamite and Dynamite feels different from ROH and all that feels different from Rampage. Because right now, it all just feels like the same. And why would we want to watch more of the same that isn't working, you know? Even the great Vince McMahon needs help. He yeah. had a creative team. How often he put them to use, as opposed to using his own ideas, I don't know. But Well, obviously, whenever he had a creative team and he always went with his idea, it didn't work. Yeah, And that's basically what's happening. Tony Khan supposedly has a creative team. I'm assuming he doesn't really go with their ideas. He goes with his idea, and it's not working. So maybe, I don't know, maybe listen more to your creative team or find new people to add to the creative team or take out people. I don't know. Whatever you got to do to fix that. Because I think it all starts with creative. It always starts with creative. It doesn't start with matches. Learn from WCW. WWE had the same people in WWE, but what happened was characters started to uh, uh, come out and become the lifeblood of WWE. The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, Kane, Undertaker, uh, Mankind slash Mick Foley, you know, those characters started to become more compelling. And by proxy or by, but, but just the byproduct of, of those characters being exciting or, or three dimensional or interesting, anytime they were in matches, depending on who you were pitting them up against, it felt like, ooh, okay, I kind of care about this now. Why, why does Stone Cold hate Mick Foley? Or why does The Undertaker fuck with Mick Foley or whatever? You know, again, Anyone can book matches, but you got to build characters. You got to build talent up, and then you book the matches accordingly. You book it, and then you got to have a through line story, you know? And also, you can't be afraid to, you know, once in a while call an audible, you know? I think that was another issue is that Tony Khan, whenever someone would get injured or something would happen, Tony would pause that storyline and then bring it back whenever the person came back and it's like you know you can call an audible right you can kind of just oh we'll forget about that storyline if someone's gone someone's injured okay let's forget about that storyline let's go this way we don't got to bring them back and you know mix them in the fold you can start off a new storyline or whatever but i think i don't know i just think he needs help you know let me ask you this question since you just mentioned it do you think that having adam cole on the sidelines right now and because they're sort of still uh, mixing him in with the story with MJF, like they're still they're still the tag team champions. Um, nope. Do you think it's worth keeping that story going? Because um, it seems like Adam Cole is going to be out for a while. Yeah. Supposedly, we don't know for sure um, unless this is all work, which I don't think it is. No. But like, do you think that they should call an audible and? kind of go a different route or just try to keep with the story as much as they can go a different route if he's not going to be there there's no payoff so you're you're doing all this work for no payoff i'd say cut it right now have adam cole rehabilitate his his i think ankle get him you know let him get healthy again and then have him come back 
as a, like a surprise return or something when Ad- when MGF is getting attacked or something or double teamed or something, you know, and then have that moment where people are like, oh, Adam Cole and MJF, they're in the ring together, you know, and they acknowledge each other and then maybe turn them at that point, you know, or something, do something different. You know, I think there's a lot you can do. And uh, I mean, that's how I would book it for Adam, for Adam Cole is, you know, they have chemistry. We know how it looks like when they're partners. People are expecting that when he comes back. Let's give them something else. It's a little different. Let's have them go against each other. Make that compelling. Make that something worth watching. You know, we already know they work together well as a tag team. But let's let's you know let's add a monkey wrench in there. Let's let's have Adam Cole turn on MJF. You know, let's let's have him have a swerve or something. You know, it's just you know because I this is what I know is what's what's going to happen. Tony Khan is going to keep doing the vignettes with Adam Cole as long as he can, you know, while he's rehabilitating. And he's going to bring back Adam Cole to team up with MJF, and they're going to continue off where they left off. I wouldn't do that. I'd be like, look, all right, we got to call an audible. We need MJF to move on. We can't have him stuck in this, like, purgatory kind of gray area where he's one half of the RH tag team champions but he's not doing anything with those titles and he's barely doing anything with his world title. We got to get MJF back up to where he was, uh, before the Adam Cole injury, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't disagree with you. I would just say, because like we were both and like me, you're also really invested in this storyline with MJF, Adam Cole, so depending on the time frame of uh, Adam Cole's injury, which I think is going to be like six to nine months is what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I do agree with you because I think the road they were going to take was MJF was going to be champion. Adam Cole was probably more than likely going to turn on MJF from what it seemed. Um, but I don't see MJF holding on to the title for another nine months. So... I feel like, yeah, you have to go a different route, go a different way. and Because uh, if it was only going to be a couple months, maybe two to three months, they could probably keep going with it um, and just hold off and still have that payoff. Yeah. Um, but I do agree that that's just too, that's just too long. Um, it's a shame, though, because it was the best story going. It was. Um, but... Yeah, I, I agree. I think MJF needs to start defending his title more often, um, which I think he's they're coming up at full gear against Jay White. Correct. Yeah. Um, That's the thing. Build him up as like uh, like the biggest babyface you've got, you know. And I feel like he is, but he's not presented that way. He's always like in the middle of the show. I feel like he should be at the end of the show. Save him, or if you're gonna have him. Have him appear in the beginning, you know, cutting promos, building up to the main event match of Dynamite or whatever. You know, you got to have him, you got to make him feel like the world champion. He doesn't feel like the world champion, you know, even though he is. You got to get back to that. That's my opinion, you know? Yeah. And I feel like they've kind of let that go to the wayside because of the Adam Cole thing. And 
Or maybe it's because they don't even see Jay White as a main eventer. They're like, oh, we're going we're to keep this right here. Like, kind of like how CM Punk was always kind of in the mid card, even though he was the WWE champion, right? Yeah. It's kind of like, well, okay, why are you holding CM Punk back? Why are you holding MJF back if you don't believe that his opponents aren't as good to be worthy of a WWE or AEW championship match? So if, if you don't believe enough in Jay White, then put him up against, I don't know, Christian. Put him up against uh, so many people that you can put him up against right now to make him feel like the world champion. Right now, Christian feels like the world champion. Like if you were to, if you were to pull people just by reception and just by like talking points and just by like trends, you would think Christian is the world champion. That's where they need to go. Biggest baby face. MJF, biggest heel, Christian. Like, yeah. that's where they need to build to. And like you just said, like, the last two uh, pay-per-views, like, MJF wasn't even in the main event. Like, he was the world champion. Wasn't Didn't even defend the title, I don't think. Wrestle Dream, I don't remember. I don't, was he even on the card? Uh, he was. He was in a, uh, I think, I want to say he was in a uh, handicap match for the ROH titles. Okay. So Wrestle Dream and All Out. I don't think he was on All Out. Or maybe he was on All Out. Yeah. He, they defended the titles at All Out, I think. Yeah, because that was before Adam Cole. Yeah, got injured. Yeah. So, yeah, he didn't defend the world title on that either one of those shows. Yeah. So, yeah, Full Gear is the first show, and I guess it's All In, where yeah. he's going to defend the title. Yep. you got to make him the center of, of it all. you got to make him feel like the world champion again. Because, look, oh. <sighs> And I hate to say this, but 2024 is getting close. January 2024 is getting close. The bidding war of 2024. As much as he jokes about that, I'm also certain WWE is looking at their fucking watches like, all right, any minute now. They're waiting. They're fucking like, they're like, <laughs> like they're at the, they're at MJF's front door just waiting to knock, you know? Mm-hmm. And if, if MJF is not in a position where he is the top guy or something, I don't, I don't see him sticking around, even, for all, even with all the money that they offer him. Because eventually, I think as much as I, he probably says it's all about the money, I don't think so. I think it's about star power. And I think he knows that if he goes to WWE, he could be a bigger star and make even more money. Absolutely. Yeah. That's what I think. And I also feel like he's a big enough star to where as soon as he walks into WWE, he's in like a main event caliber match at, at WrestleMania. Like if he walks in there in January, come Philadelphia, he's he could be in the main event. I don't know. Uh uh-huh. maybe. It all depends. I mean he could be. He could be. You know, if if things fall in place the right way. Because we know. We know WWE. They have a system for things. Just because you're over doesn't mean you're going to get there to the main event. You almost have to be hand-selected to go to the main event, even if you get yourself over. You know, that's the, that's the only thing that sucks about WWE is that even if you get yourself over and the fans love you more than the top names in the company, unless they like you, you're not going to the main event. You know, that's yeah. That's unfortunately the only difference is that they there's favorites in WWE. Cody Rhodes is a favorite. Even though he talks shit about WWE, he's kind of a favorite. Um, Roman Reigns, obviously the favorite. Uh, who else? 
Brock Lesnar is always going to be a favorite, you know? You can always count on Brock Lesnar to be on the main event. Um, I'm trying to think of who else they could put in there. I can't think of anybody else, really. Um, maybe John Cena, uh, if he comes back for Mania season. Yeah. I don't know. But MJF, I think, he, especially if he's going to, a, to from AEW to WWE, like if you think they rolled out the red carpet for Cody, MJF, Oh my just god! Wait for it. Oh my god! Just wait for it. You know, you know he, he would be he would become one of the biggest heels in WWE. I would almost not want him to be a face in WWE because right now they're lacking on believable heels in WWE. Roman Reigns, Judgment Day. I don't even know. Sometimes I'm just like these guys are just goofy. Sometimes I don't <laughs> like. I, I like Damian Priest. I don't him as like this monster heel drew mcintyre depending how crown jewel come you know how the cards fall the cards fall i could see him as a monster heel but they're lacking on heels right now gunther yeah, yeah. A heel a heel is somebody you you need you want to hate like there's no like good quality about them at all and like roman reigns like at this point like he's he, too cool he's kind of cool you know yeah he's He's the one. Uh, uh, Judgment Day. They're there. Uh, yeah. They're solid, you know? Take away Dom. I don't know. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's, how bro Dom, that's how bro Dom this show is. You, you take Dominic out of the Judgment Day, I swear to, I swear to you. I swear to you. If history, I wish we could go back and hit in time and, and make it that to where Dominic didn't join the Judgment Day. Judgment Day wouldn't be a thing. No, I agree. I feel it. I feel like if Dominic hadn't joined the Judgment Day, I feel like it. I feel like Judgment Day would have been around for maybe another couple months, and that's it. They would have been like, "All right, this thing it's not working. We're done." Mm. Dominic joined. It, it. It. I think without Dominic, Judgment Day doesn't work. You take Dominic out of Judgment Day, bro. Bye bye, Judgment Day. <laughs> Go back to being a pay-per-view. <laughs> uh, uh, Gunther is kind of like, I don't know, people, people have kind of been cheering him. Like that's the thing. Those baby face reactions. He, that's yeah. the thing. He doesn't cheat. He wins on athleticism and brute strength and all that. He really doesn't. He hardly ever cheats. So when, He's like Brock Lesnar. He just kicks ass and wins. That's what, yeah. that's what people liked and still do like about Brock Lesnar. Yeah, and that's the thing. It, it, Enough time goes by, Gunther's going to start getting cheered. And and again, he doesn't he doesn't fit the role of a heel, you know. Um, even though he's a heel, but eh, I would say I'm trying to think of who who in the company, dude. Logan Paul is a better heel right now <laughs> than a yes. lot of people. You know, he was hated like automatically as soon as he like stepped foot into a WWE ring. Like, yeah. I don't think a lot of people really liked him at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Logan Paul. Um. I'm I'm freezing. I don't know. Austin Theory, but I think it's just because he's kind of bland and boring. You're just like, ah, get out of here, dude. They're yeah. kind of like, like, I don't know. They got to figure out something out with. They got to figure something out with Austin Theory because he's talented, but anything he does, I don't believe it. You know what I'm saying? Just doesn't feel believable when he does a promo. I don't believe it. I don't feel it here. Yeah, I'm sure he's thinking it up here. I've, he's probably like, oh yeah, this is what I'm gonna say. 
but it doesn't. I don't feel it right here in the in the heart. People, for people that, who can't see me, when, <laughs> I'm pointing at my chest to, to say like I don't. I don't think he feels it in his heart. Something about whatever character he's playing. I don't know who Austin Theory the character is. Right. If I don't know who Austin Theory the character is, I, I think it's because he doesn't feel it in right here in his soul. I bet you he's thinking like, oh, this is cool. Like, oh, this would be a cool thing to do or say in his head. But right here in his heart and his soul, I don't think he believes it either. I feel like something needs to happen. Which is, which is a shame, too, because he got that opportunity. He beat John Cena at WrestleMania. He was money in the bank. He held money in the bank for a little bit. Yeah. Um, United States title. Um, they've, he's been given opportunities. That's but- the thing. Like, I'll give you an example. And you'll probably agree with me because that's what a lot of the internet is saying. It's like, oh man, like Austin Theory has been in the ring with the rock and John Cena. And who else was he in the ring with Uh stone cold, Steve Austin. He's given, he's been given all these opportunities. You know, who else was given those opportunities? Baron Corbin. He was in the ring with the rock. He faced John Cena in matches. He had a WrestleMania match with Kurt Angle. Dude, just because you, you're put in certain situations with some of the biggest names doesn't always mean you're going to be successful. Mm-hmm. You gotta you gotta rise to the occasion, and there's an interview that John Cena did, and I I can't believe I'm just now remembering this, and now I know why I got the whole belief thing is that John Cena even told Austin Theory, dude, I don't believe you when you go out there, and he like I think I think and that's one of the brutal honesty that's like that's the thing he pulled a CM Punk he was brutally honest dude I don't believe you when you go out there, you know. And if, and if I don't believe you, they're not going to believe you. And he's like, I don't think you're ready for this match. Like, like, and he, he kind of proves John Cena right. He wasn't ready. He beat John Cena at WrestleMania. What's he doing now? He's, t- he's tag teaming with Grayson Waller. And I'm sure John Cena regrets that decision. You know? I don't, yeah. I don't think he regrets it. I think John Cena's just like, see, I told you. Like, like, you wanted this match? I'm sure people in the back wanted this match thinking, oh, okay, like, you, you you want him to be the next guy. You want him to be somebody that could be considered the next guy. I don't know. And that's not to say I don't like Austin Theory. I think just from interviews that I've seen of him, I think he's a cool guy. But I feel like he needs to do a whole rebrand, something. Because whatever he's doing right now just isn't working. Yeah, maybe he just needs to go away for a while and figure it out. Um, but, yeah, they got a lot on the babyface side, though. Yeah, we got we got L.A. Knight, Cody Rhodes, uh, Jay Uso, uh, Sami Zayn, Kevin Owens. Um, like honestly, mid card you can go Ricochet, Chad Gable. Ricochet's starting to get up there now as far as like babyface. Yeah, you know? uh, especially after that match with Nakamura, the the false count anywhere. Stand back, Hurricane. There's a Ricochet coming through. <laughs> I dude, I laughed so hard when I heard that. I was <laughs> that was pretty good. <laughs> Uh, fuck man dude honestly now that Sami Zayn is like on his own on Raw yeah like I could honestly see him making world going to Wrestlemania and being in a world title match make him world champ he could win the Rumble he could that's another oh that's another yeah again that's the thing like anybody can win the Rumble this year I feel like for men's women's I'm not right now women's are not doing a great job uh I'll have to analyze it a little bit better to see what they could do. But I feel like for the men's, it's open to anybody. Mm. You know? Like, if, even if CM Punk does return and doesn't win the Rumble, 
I can still see Sami Zayn winning. So, I don't know. Not Cody again, though. Not, Sorry, Cody. But not Cody. Cody will, Cody will find a way to face Roman Reigns for the main event. At the main event. Yeah. It just won't be with the Rumble. Through the Rumble. You know? There might be a little bit of backlash. I don't think you want to risk that. Another Rumble win. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't want to do that. Back-to-back. Yeah. <laughs> He's not Stone Cold. No. <laughs> Only Stone Cold can, I think, pull back, back-to-back Rumble wins. Um. But yeah, I don't know. It's a, it's still an exciting time in wrestling, and yeah, uh, I'm excited to see the future and what happens yeah. in 2024. You see, guys, we can be critical of WWE. We just were, yeah. You know, it's not we, just AEW. It's not just AEW. Everybody's got their flaws. Yeah, you know, the big one right now on both on both uh, companies is the women's division. You know, yeah, they got to do something different with Bianca Belair. <laughs> Honestly, I'm surprised because she returned on SmackDown. Yep. I thought, I assumed that she was going to come back as a heel and join um, uh, the Street Profits and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. Um, So what I'm thinking in my mind is, out of all the women that Jade Cargill has come face-to-face with, she has not come face-to-face with Bianca Belair yet. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the match I want to see the most. Yeah, just their like their stature and um, like just the physiques alone. Yeah, I they mean, they just look like women that I would be like, oh, I'm not messing with them. Right. You know, like uh, no offense to Charlotte, but I, I don't believe her in a fight. I think she lost a fight to Nia Jax <laughs> on live television. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like I don't I don't believe her getting in a fight like a real fight. Yeah, but not, but Bianca Belair and Jay Cargill, bro, I'd be Damn. like. I'd be like, shit. I'd be shitting my pants. <laughs> Jay Cargill looked at me and was like, you got, you got something to say? I'd be like, oh, no. I got, I'm, just, I'm just sitting here in my chair. I'm just, just chilling. <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> yeah, those are two pretty intimidating women. Yeah. And and I think you're right. That is that is a match that I'm interested in seeing. But we'll have to wait and see how they build it if they do. You know. Mm. Again, that is a dream match, but I don't want to see it. As just some random match on SmackDown. Yes, please. I want it. I want it to be built. I want there to be some, you know, I want there to be a reason why it's happening. I think that's that's WWE knows that, and yeah. they know their fan base, and they know how to tell stories, build stories. They're not just going to give something like that away on free television no. with no story. Nah, nah, nah. I don't. Yeah. I think that, and and I think that's one of the criticisms I've been hearing from from certain WWE analysts, people like Eric Bischoff, uh, Jim Cornette, uh, Vince Russo, is that WWE, you know, WWE only gives you like five minute, ten minute matches, and I go, that's not actually that. Like I said on last week's episode, or not last week's, but a couple weeks episodes ago, a couple episodes ago, I said. As a kid, you wanted more wrestling because you kind of didn't give a fuck about the buildup. But as you get older, the buildup starts to get even more important. Like when I was 10, 11, I just wanted to see John Cena give people the FU, you know, back when it was called the FU, guys. Kids, that's how old I am. It was, I remember when it was the FU. Uh, <laughs> not, the, not the little, not the attitude adjustment. <laughs> Let me give you an attitude adjustment. The double A. Double A. <laughs> Let me energize you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but um back when i was a kid yeah like all i cared about was the wrestling but like r- right around 12 13 i started to give 
I started to pay attention more to the storylines. And I was like, oh, shit. I think I, I think I like the storylines building up to the match more than I like the matches themselves, you know? And the older I got, the more I was like, yep, storylines, you got to build it right. If you build it right, they will come, mm-hmm. you know? If you build it right, people will watch. And WWE figured out that formula. And sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. It, it just, you know, sometimes the story just doesn't work. But for the most part, I think... And I don't want to say that if AEW did it, it would work for them, but they have collision. They have this, they made this extra show. I would be experimenting on that show. Be like, okay, let's, let's try a WWE approach to this show. And if it starts working, we'll start doing a little bit more of that. You know, again, they have three shows, four shows. If you count ROH, if you're not using any of those shows to experiment and see if they can kind of pull off what WWE is doing, if you really want to compare yourself to WWE, then maybe start thinking like WWE. Don't start thinking like, oh, we're the alternative, so people have to watch. That's not how that works. Being the alternative means you're giving more people opportunities. It has nothing to do with the style of wrestling or the style of matches. It has to do with just we want to see different people be on top. And I think if AEW experiments either on Collision or Dynamite with the WWE style and see how that goes, I feel like they'll see some success in ratings-wise, especially if they're creating stories for people. You know, I'd be like, hey, Christian, can you come and help us write this show? Because we, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. That's what I would do if I were Tony Khan. Yeah, but he probably ain't going to do that. You know? So, you know, and and... I don't know. For, for, as far as the women's division goes, for both brands or both companies, I don't. I don't even know where to start with you. I don't even know where to start. You know, like what? What is each? What is, what is each company doing? Because I don't know. <laughs> don't know. Uh, they're just booking random matches. Booking uh, random matches. AW per usual, and then like WWE. Like, I feel like for WWE, it's always the same women though. Like I don't ever see anybody come out on top that's like newer. It's always the same women. Yeah. For the past two years, or yeah, for the past two years, it's been Bianca Belair, Charlotte Flair, Becky Lynch, Rhea Ripley, and hardly anybody else. Anybody else kind of cracks that, you know, that uh, that ceiling. Yeah. You know, like where, where you know Tegan Knox, Chelsea Green. Um, who else? Who, I'm trying to think of who else is, you know, Natalia. You you guys have fucking Natalia on there. She shows up every once in a while. Um, who else? Um, Shayna Baszler. I mean, they have a fight, fail five way. I think at Crown Jewel. I think. Oh yeah, Shayna, Nia Jax, Charlotte, Io Sky, and no, not Io Sky. Um, uh, Zoe Starks. Zoe Stark. Oh, this Rhea is Ripley. This is Raw. Yeah. My bad. Yeah. So, yeah, that's the fatal five way. I mean, I'd be trying to build up Shayna and Zoe right now. I'd, I'd, I'd take Shayna Baszler back to the NXT days when she was just murdering people and kind of being this dominant MMA-type fighter because they've neutered her. They've, they've made her like the watered-down version of who she used to be. Mm-hmm. And they, they need to go back to that, like, that killer Shayna. Zoe Stark, I think her athleticism and her moveset makes her more of a face. I'd, cha- I'd switch it to a face. I'd be like, you're a face. We'll find a way to get you over. But right now, I'd say... 
we'll move her to a face because there's not enough faces in the women's division. I kind of felt like that's where they were going with her after she turned on Trish. And then, like, I think she was, uh, like, the next night she was in the ring going face-to-face. I think Shayna was there, and then it was somebody else that was a heel that she was having a match with. But, yeah, like, I think she's she'd be a good baby face. Um, yeah, you're right. There, they, there seems to be more heels on the women's side. Uh, yeah. At least on on Raw, um, on SmackDown, I mean, it's just it, you know, it's it's just damage control, and then Charlotte and Oscar and and Bianca are the faces. That's it. I don't even know. I don't even know what other. I women mean, you got Selena Vega there, but she's I guess occupied with the LWO, and she's not really doing anything anymore. Yeah, but she's not even doing anything with the LWO. So it's like use her. You had something with her a couple months ago. Yeah. So. Uh, I don't know. There's got to be other women on that that we're not thinking of. I can't think right now. <laughs> we were we were at SmackDown too. I think all the main I think all the main women were all, were on that one match. Oscar, Charlotte, and then Damage Control. Well, shit. You know. So I think yeah, they need a they need to inject some kind. I think if Jade Cargill right now is that injection into it. Depending on which show she goes to, I think she's going to Raw. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. But she might end up on SmackDown. But even even then, you have to book Raw's women's division just as well as the women's division on SmackDown. And I don't know. Like again, Rhea Ripley is the women's world champion, and she's just now defending that title after a couple months. And again, you forget that she's the women's world champion. You gotta you gotta remind people that she's the women's world champion. I think you need to inject Jade Cargill. I think it's time to bring up Tiffany Stratton. Um, maybe Cora Jade. Um, Who? Cora Jade. What's she done? What? What's she done? What has she done? Yeah. Well, she, I feel like she's done everything she could do in NXT at this point. Yeah. Like I don't. Oh, she's not, hasn't been NXT champion or women's champion. But like we said, that doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but she's been down there for a while. I don't know, but like, I'm just saying, like, what, what has she done lately? Cause I don't, I can't remember the last thing she did. Uh, I think she, she been injured or something. I have no idea. I just know she's down there. I forgot she was there. <laughs> I just oh. remember her as the girl who was. She was like the female Darby Allen that they tried to push. Like the, she came out with like a little skateboard. Yeah, <laughs> that's all I remember. Her, I don't know. A Roxanne Perez. Roxanne, maybe I don't know. It just it depends. Again, because. This always happens with the women. They bring them up, but then they don't do anything with them. Well, they're not doing anything with the women on the main roster. Yeah, exactly. But again, it's all about character. A lot of those girls are just wrestlers. There's no character to them. Carmella, there was a character. She she was like that Long Island girl, you know, the kind of the trash talking girl. You know, she kind of differentiated herself from everybody else. Everybody else is kind of just wrestlers. Mm. And and if you got to explain to people who you are. No, no one's gonna get it, especially if you're just a wrestler. Unfortunately, sometimes you can break that ceiling. Brian Danielson was the only one that I feel kind of broke that ceiling. CM Punk used to be considered was just a wrestler, but then he became the voice of the voiceless. He became this like he was known more for his promos than he was his matches, even though he had great matches. So, I think a lot of it right now is character work. 
And I just don't know who a lot of those women are. Stephanie Stratton has a very defined character. Roxanne Perez, Cora Jade. Uh, trying to think who else is down there. That's a woman. Uh, I don't know who else is down there. I don't know them. <laughs> you know? Tell me, tell me what their character is. Tell me who they are. Besides just their name. Tell me who they are. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, if, you're, if you had to describe me, Tim, right now, <laughs> as, uh, you can be as mean as you want. But if you had to describe me, you can't just be like, oh, he's Oscar. If you had to say it, what are the qualities about me that make me a character? <laughs> a character? <laughs> make me a character. Uh, that's a complicated question. Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, you're very honest. Uh, <laughs> like you said earlier, you're blunt. You blunt. can be an asshole. <laughs> See, now let me do the same to you. You're very timid. You're very kind of quiet. And I can make a character out of that. I can make you the biggest face right now. I don't want to say that because I don't want people to think that I know everything. But if I were, if if we were running a promotion and say you were a wrestler and you were this timid, quiet guy, I would kind of make that a character for you. Where you're in the back, you're quiet, you're timid, you're like, oh no, I don't know if I'm supposed to be here. And then once you get into the ring, you start to feel yourself. You start to be like, oh, I'm getting confident. And then once the bell rings after you win a match or lose a match, you go back to being that like timid, kind of like bubbling monster underneath like you know like you know what i'm saying i like the uh luke, luke, luke gallows character from back in a the little world. different you wouldn't be like uh and then uh, it, it, it would just kind of be like you'd be shocked every time you won you know that would be kind of the character trait you know and i, I would kind of create you as this underdog so that people would start to get behind you so you would win a couple times but then i'd probably put you on a losing streak where people really start to feel for you mm. Build you up, build you up, and then you become this ultimate underdog, you know? Simple. Everybody else? I'm like, again, all the women down there, who are they? I don't know. Give me their names. I know their names. I don't know who they are. Tiffany Stratton? I know who she is. She piques my interest. And not because she's hot, you know? (laughs) Her character is annoying, and I love that. I love that she's annoying. I love that she's kind of like this, I don't want to say ditzy, but because she, she's not really ditzy. She's more like this um, entitled uh, brat. And I can picture that, you know? Everybody else? Eh, I don't know who you are. Get the fuck out of my screen. <laughs> you know? <laughs> Next. <laughs> TV off. Yeah. Next suggestion, please. <laughs> so, yeah, I think I think that's what's missing right now with a lot of people in WWE is... is um, uh, those characters, you know, Chad Gable, Otis, I know who they are. Again, give me characters, man. Give me, give me people that I care about. You know, if you're just another wrestler, there's a lot of other people that are just other, that are just wrestlers. Mm. Give me character, man. Give me a character. Give me a goddamn character. Make me believe. Make me believe. Dude, the one like story. Speaking of characters, I still think this is probably the greatest story WWE's ever told. Was the uh, the Kane Undertaker story? Mm. Like that. That's a story with characters. Um, that's all character. Yeah, that's that's all that was back in that day was characters. Um, and like I still to this day don't think they've ever told a better. Since we're on the topic of stories. The uh, the authority Daniel Bryan story was great. That was a eight nine month build up. 
uh, from SummerSlam 2013 to WrestleMania 30. Yeah. Um, like, give me something like that again, you know? Like, it's been a while since we've gotten anything like that. Uh, just something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, a I... nice long story tell. Yeah, I believe you. I mean, it's like, I mean, like you were saying, uh, there have been a handful of stories with characters that drew me in. Like, again, The Rock and Hulk Hogan, that match at WrestleMania, turn the volume down, that match is shit as far as, like, like just kind of the pacing of it and the kind of the, the just, like, it, it the, like visually it just doesn't look hard-hitting and appealing. Turn the volume back up. The character of The Rock and the character of Hulk Hogan makes that match... I don't want to say great, but it makes that match uh, very palatable for people to watch, you know, because it's Hulk Hogan and The Rock. But if they were just a couple of wrestlers, you know, no character, eh, uh, I'm okay. I don't need to watch that match, you know. Um, so, yeah, like I said, like, we, we can be critical of WWE, not just AEW guys, you know. We're not out to get Tony Khan. <laughs> we don't got the money to. No. Um, but we're just pointing out that, like, again, from a storytelling perspective, I don't need to watch AEW. I don't have to tune in. Because guess what? They don't, have, they don't have a lot of stories to tell. If I just want to watch wrestling matches, I can watch the clips on YouTube. But as far as, like, appointment television and wanting to watch for, for a storyline or for what could happen... I, I don't need to because they, they upload the matches anyways. WWE, I kind of always want to tune in a little bit just to see, okay, what's Chad Gable doing? Uh, what's Seth Rollins doing? And I'll say this. When I'm watching clips on, on YouTube for WWE, I hardly ever click on the ones for the matches. I always click on the segments. I don't know if you do that, but I always click on the segments, the promos, the backstage segments. I never, I never click on the wrestling. Yeah, no, I do the same thing. Like the the Seth Rollins Drew McIntyre segment, I I made sure to save it, so I go back and watch it later yeah. on at some point. Like the wrestling, I don't really need to watch. Um, it's the segments and the the promos that tell the story. Yeah, because um, we know we're gonna get Seth and and Drew at Crown Jewel. So it's like I don't need to I don't need to know what match Seth was in this week. I don't need to know what match Drew was in this week. If if there's like a a thing that happens during the match, I'll skip to that thing. I won't watch the whole match. I'll, I'll get to the end where something happens, where someone attacks someone or something like that. But like I don't I don't actually watch the matches because I don't need to. They've done a really great job of giving me the story. Then that that makes me want to go watch Crown Jewel. If I could fly the Crown Jewel and watch it live, I would. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but but I can't because I'm poor. Uh, <laughs> aren't we all? Aren't we all? We're bro- <laughs> we either broke or poor. Choose one. You know, <laughs> pick a team. Um, Wait, they're not the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> being poor, being poor is different from being broke. Um, <laughs> but um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I feel like we say this every episode, and we will always say it. Story and character, man. Story and character. AEW can can learn from WWE, and I feel like WWE can learn from AEW too with with certain matches and stuff. Like 
booking matches and stuff. It's like you can have wrestling on your wrestling show. It doesn't. Not every match needs to be five minutes. You can have you can have one or two great matches a night or like long matches. You know, mm-hmm. give people something to be like, ah, oh, like, like oh, I felt like I, I saw something. I saw something great. You know. At least one. <laughs> Give them at least one great match. Yeah. You know, that makes you go, oh, it was worth coming here, you know, and sitting through all of that for that one great match, you know? Like, WWE, I feel like, has a good mixture of both wrestling and storytelling, promos, uh, talking segments, all that stuff, which you need. Because, like, this, like, the, like the, just the example I gave, Seth and Drew, like, I want to go back and watch that promo and, like, why is this match happening? Like, why is Drew the one challenging Seth this time around? What's the character work going to be like? Like, we know Seth is clearly the baby face, and now we know that Drew is kind of teetering on the heel side of things. Um, Like, that's the important stuff to watch. Like, wrestling matches, great. Like, we also want to watch wrestling, but that other stuff is important, too. Yeah. No, I mean... It's, I don't like. Okay, so I know we were we said we were going to talk about how we would book AEW. We kind of talked about it a little bit. We kind of said our our uh, broad opinion, which is create characters to build storylines, right? So right now, if I gave you AEW right now and said Tim, this week book Dynamite or Collision, how would you book it? How like it, with with the people that they have right now? How would you book a dynamite or collision? Ugh. It's hard. That's it's really hard to even think. Like just starting fresh. Like don't starting fresh. You can keep Christian's dad gimmick going, and MJF's kind of like uh, like oh I'm a babyface kind of going, but everybody else you can start fresh. Because mm. right now, obviously, it's clear that right now MJF and Christian are like the the thing that people are talking about uh yeah so so christian is the the tnt champion right yeah okay well regardless if he was tnt champion or not i would book mjf i'm just gonna go work backwards in the closing segment i would make it a i would make it a promo i would have mjf out there doing what he does best, talk, and then have Christian come out, challenge him for the world title. Um, maybe even make it a a champion versus champion match, something like that. Um, and then, see, it's so, like, honestly, it's complicated for me to even book into just one simple show, like other than MJF and Christian, the two most important people on that show, in my opinion. Yeah. Even with Adam Copeland there, <laughs> like I, I, I don't even know how I would book him. Mm. Like, I don't know what what would you do. Okay, Here you have a go. better. I think you have a better booking mind than I. Do. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Um, I just have a more uh, story creative filled mind. So this is how I would do it. Um, <clears throat> I'd have MJF be on Dynamite. Christian would be on Collision. Collision's on TNT. So Christian, with the character that he has going on right now, holding the TNT championship, I'd be he'd be like, be like, I'm the world champion. 
any t- any any title I hold is the world championship, and I'd build him up as the ultimate heel on Collision, and I would have, hmm, I wouldn't have Adam Copeland. Uh, we'll just call him Edge. I'm gonna stop. Uh, I'm just gonna say Edge because fucking I, I. Every time I say Adam, I gotta make sure to say Copeland because I, mean, I don't want people to think I'm saying Adam Cole or Adam, Adam. <laughs> Adam Page. Yeah. Uh, uh, I would have Edge on on Dynamite with MJF and Christian. I would have him feud with Brian Danielson and ooh. Because Brian Danielson's dad did pass away a while ago, that that would be my program right now. It would be Brian Danielson and Christian Cage for the TNT Championship, bringing up the fact that uh, that uh, I think I want to say Daniel Bryan's dad died before he won the championship or after a little bit after. I, I want to say after. I think his dad was there to see him win. Uh, yeah. Okay. After. Okay. So then I would. This is how I would say it. Uh, if I were Christian Cage, this is how I would do the promo. I'd be like, Brian, you don't have a father anymore, don't you? And then, you know, Brian's face would kind of be like, well, what are you going at here? He's like, I, I, he's like, hey, I'm not trying to be mean or anything, but I'm just saying, the last time your father saw you, he saw you as a failure to be a world champion. He saw his son, his only son, win the biggest match of his career only to fumble the football or only to fumble the ball, whatever. He like only to watch his son fumble it and lose. And and then have Christian just kind of berate him basically. Be like be like, "Brian, if you join me, I'd give you someone to look up to. You don't have to do anything. You you can look up to me, Brian." But if you don't, Luchasaurus over here or whatever, whoever his goons are, maybe it's not Luchasaurus. Like if I had to scrap it, I'd be like, Luchasaurus, get the fuck out of here. You're a dinosaur. You don't got no dad. <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be extinct? <laughs> Aren't you supposed to be extinct? Yeah, exactly. Um, Nick Wayne or something. I, I'd have, I'd be like, well, you know, I, I'd kind of be like, you know, but if you don't want to follow me, if you don't want a father figure to look up to, you know, then maybe... Uh, I don't know, something like that. Uh, well, then maybe I need to kick your ass. Or I don't know. He wouldn't say that. I don't think he would say, I need to kick your ass. But he would, you know, just kind of imply that, you know, uh, if you're not with him, you're against him, basically. You know, kind of build that up, you know. And uh, I'd have Christian cost Brian a bunch of matches. I'd All this stuff that kind of gets you the sympathy for Brian. And... uh and then, at some point, I'd have Brian cut a promo, an emotional promo, where he's like, you're right. He's like, you're right. The last time my dad saw me, I had to retire. I had to, I had to quit the one thing I love. And my dad saw me in my most darkest day. But when I beat you, when I beat you for the TNT championship, you're going to wish you had a father to crawl back to you. Or I don't know if Christian's dad is still alive. So that'd be interesting. He, he's like, when I beat you, he's like, I know I'm going to make my father proud. But when I beat you and you have to go back to your family, or whatever, is your father going to be proud of you? Something like that. Kind of throw it back at Christian. Like, does he have a father? Something like that. <laughs> Who's your daddy? <laughs> you know, something interesting. Like just, it, 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 
it's just a little bit more interesting. You put Brian Danielson back as this like underdog because him being Brian Danielson right now, he doesn't feel like an underdog. He kind of feels like, um, I don't know. It's weird to think of him as like a top guy. That's like, that's so good that nobody can beat him. You know, I'm so used to him fighting up that now that he's on top, I'm like, I don't know if I, I don't know if I buy this all the way. Like, I feel like he needs to be fighting against something rather than writing rather than, uh, being like this, like top guy. I don't know. Like he can still be a top guy, but he's gotta be fighting up. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, if he didn't have the BCC behind him, then he would definitely be more of that underdog character. Like, it, just him being back solo again. Yeah. Um, and then going up against Christian and his goons, as you call them. Um, but yeah, ever since he joined the BCC, like, throughout the past year or so, he's kind of been, like, this unstoppable, like, I don't even know unstoppably he's been a heel kind of throughout yeah. this period of time um so him going up against christian like he's always going to have like claudio and moxley and yeah wheeler behind him um i take him out of the bcc brian yeah that was the thing too i've been thinking like is eventually is anybody going to get like kicked out of the bcc or maybe they just decide to just kind of go their separate ways like hey i don't think we need this anymore yeah like we've all proven ourselves we all know that we can do this on our own kind of thing um but yeah i like i like your uh booking of that i think that's perfect um there's some kinks that have to work out you know just because you know i had to think of it on the spot but like that's kind of the direction i would go i'd make Brian and and Christian, the top face and heel of heels, uh, top face and heel of Collision, and then I'd have Edge turn turn heel on Dynamite against MJF, have Edge be the top heel, and MJF be the top face on Dynamite, you know, and Edge comes back. Edge Edge is challenging MJF for the world title, and 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 I would say, and for Edge, I'd be like. Like, did you really think I came here to help you? Did you really think I came here to help AEW? I'm not here for AEW. I'm here for me. I'm here because I want to be world champion again. I'm here because I know I am better than everybody in the locker room. You know? And 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 kind of be like and be like, the fact that I have to be a nice guy, the fact that I have to come in here and shake everybody's hand, everybody should be shaking my hand. Everybody should be thanking me that I'm here. Kind of like, again, like if you're going to bring people from WWE, at least give them that kind of ego that they came from a, from WWE. So give, give Edge that thing of like, yeah, like you should be thanking me that I'm here. Because without me, who are your challengers? Jay White or I don't know. Like, or I'm trying to think of who like, uh, what's, what's the guy? John Silver, I think is his name. Mm. Who are your challengers? John Silver? No. It's like you want to prove your legacy to me, MJF? You got to face me. I'm I'm the legacy. You're you're just some kid with a scarf. I don't know how he would say it, but like make Edge the heel. And that and again, MJF the face, he's gotta come up against Edge, this this legend. And I don't know, like I feel like that would be more compelling than what they're doing right now. There would be no MJF if it wasn't for me. There would be no AEW if it wasn't for me. Just stuff like that, like make him this egotistical 
asshole and yeah exactly yeah. um i'm trying to think like uh, i would probably be like uh you know i'd probably be like you know like if I, like again if i were edge doing the promos it'd be like like you think you're the top dog here? You think you're the you're, you think you're the shark in the in this in the, in this uh, ocean that is AEW or that is dynamite? Like like you, didn't, you like you don't know what it is to be a shark. I do. I'm the megalodon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm the megalodon. It's like it's like it's like it's like it's like MJF. I'm known for being the shark. It's like I've I've taken people's uh, champion. Like I've I've done some of the. The dirtiest things I've done. I've done some of the most atrocious things to people just to be a champion, just to be on top. It's like MJF. You've barely done any of that. In fact, he's like, if anything, I'd be, if I were Edge, I'd be like, be like, you're you're trying to be an, an Edge wannabe, you know? Be like, like everything you're doing, I did it first, you know? That kind of sounds like a face, but I feel like Edge could do a great job of making it a heel promo, you know. Yeah, but people um, like MJF. Yeah, too people much. yeah, people like MJF too much that I feel like Edge would be able to pull it off. Um I trust Edge, yeah. you know, with promos and stuff. Uh I, I don't know. I like Edge more as a heel. Imagine Edge and Christian as your top heels in that company. Yeah. Damn. You know. Here's a match I just booked in my head. Adam Cole versus Adam Page. Versus Adam Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> Triple threat. Who's the top Adam? <laughs> who's the yeah, who is the top Adam? Who's the who, It's like uh that's like uh, in Hollywood, like who's the best Chris? Chris Hemsworth, Chris Pratt, or Chris uh, Pine? <laughs> it's like who's the best Adam? <laughs> Winner gets Roderick Strong. Adam <laughs> The custody of Roderick Strong. <laughs> Oh man, shit! That would be hilarious. That would be. That's still be a good match though, too. Yeah. Um, it's a random match. Yeah. Way to go, Tony. <laughs> you know what? You know what? It's a dream match. <laughs> it's a dream match. It's the Adam match. <laughs> I mean, I thought you were gonna say at like, I thought you were gonna say book the ultra babyface team of. Of uh, Adam Cole and MJF versus the heel team of Christian and Adam Copeland. Ooh, yeah, you know? that'd be good. Almost, you, you could. It can almost be that. Like a certain. Like it depends on. Okay, Christian beats Brian Danielson, and then after the match, you know, you, you think the match is over at, at the pay per view, whatever pay per view it is, and then you hear. You know it's all about the boom, and then Adam Cole is on Collision, and he's facing Christian. He's like, he's Christian's next opponent, and let's say, let's say this is happening around All In All Out time. At All In, you get the main event of for one night only Collision and Dynamite come together for one night only. You get Edge and Christian versus Adam Cole and MGF, and so. Over the next couple of weeks, you're building up to that match. And, of course, you have run-ins from Adam, Cole, and Edge, and Christian, and MJF. And I'm, I'm trying to think, would I want the reunion to happen at All In or what I wanted to happen like a – like this is what I'm thinking. Uh, on the Dynamite, the go-home Dynamite to All In, which is, again, at Wembley, right? Uh 
Adam Cole and MJF see are, are in the ring face to face for the first time since Adam Cole's injury, right? And and then people are looking at everyone in the arena is going crazy. Everyone's looking at them, you know. And and Adam Cole's like, and, and you know they embrace. You get the whole like ah oh, like the baby faces are coming together, you know. And then on Collision, the go home Collision for 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 uh, all in. You get that moment with with Edge and Christian, but it's a little different. You know, it's not an, it's not an embrace. It's a kind of like a reluctant to work together. You know, but but because they're attacking, because they, uh, I'm trying to think. Let's say, does Adam Cole have like a like a group of people, like a stable? I'm trying to think. Uh, the. Uh... So I don't think Kyle. I think I think Kyle Riley is injured, but I don't. I don't think Bobby Fish works for AEW anymore. So, so it would be Roderick Strong, and the Kingdom, maybe. Yeah, I, I'd turn them face. I'd turn them as like a like a comedy duo, like a comedy trio, or something. Um, but like Edge and Christian are attacking them, and they they're kind of going. They're kind of falling in back to their tag team kind of like synch- synchronicity, right? And at some point. Uh, they both have the idea for a concerto against uh, on, you know, on the other two people, and they look at each other, and they're like, "Oh, like you're about to do concerto, I'm about to do concerto," but it's, they're still heels. They look at each other. They look at the people that are, that are on on the one chair that's on the ground, and they both at the same time uh, put the chairs up and hit do the concerto, and then you have the reunion of Edge and Christian as heels, right? And then you hear the music of MJF and Adam Cole, and they're coming out in collision, and it's a stare down. And then all in, you get heel Edge and Christian face Adam Cole and MJF. Goosebumps. Book it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, enough said. I'm in. You know? But I'd fucking, gotta do it right. You gotta bring up the history. There's a lot of stuff we would, we would have to do, but like the gist of it is building to that. You know, I like it. Making Christian the face of TNT. <laughs> I'm the face of T. I am TNT. <laughs> yeah, he's the face of everything right now. You know, <laughs> I'm your father's favorite wrestler. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> Shit, that'd be a good catchphrase. It's already a catchphrase. Dan the dad. <laughs> he'd have he'd have to steal it from Dan the dad. Uh, you know? I, don't, I don't know how that works. I don't know. I don't know if uh, I don't know if Dan the dad has trademarked it. I should, probably, I should probably text and be like, yo, trademark that shit before, before Christian does. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I think that's the way to go. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Ooh. All right, guys. We've, we've gone way over on wrestling overtime. <laughs> this is overtime overtime. Double overtime. This is double overtime. Uh, again, guys, uh, make sure you, uh, you tune in next week for uh, Wrestling with Stooges. Again, if there's ever any breaking news, we will be uploading an emergency podcast episode, uh, giving you our thoughts of any breaking news. Uh, but so far this week, there wasn't any breaking news. Hopefully, something happens so th- so that we can you know put out some bonus content for you guys. Uh, but as always, we're always excited to talk about wrestling, and uh, yeah, we w- we went way over. Yeah, <laughs> we went way over on this wrestling overtime. Um, again, everything we say on this podcast, you know, we say it with love. We say it with, with adoration. We want 
these companies to succeed. We want it, WWE to succeed, TNA to succeed, ROH to succeed, even though they kind of need AEW to succeed. <laughs> so we want AEW to succeed, obviously. Uh, but we just don't agree with how certain things are going, you know? Or we, we know that things could be better. As always, wrestling fans, we believe that things can be better. So we're just those wrestling fans that want things to be, you know, better than they are. Um, so, yeah, again, again, we're just shooting the shit here, you know? Don't take us seriously. We're, you know, we're just a couple of guys who love wrestling, who, who like to talk shit sometimes. That's the fun. That's the fun part about it. That's the fun part. Yeah. We're, guys, we're your, we're your friends. Anybody here listening to this show, we're just your friends talking about wrestling. The way you would talk about wrestling with your friends. Mm-hmm. So just think of us as your friends, you know? Your lovable, hateable, sometimes affable friends. Maybe one day we could all we could all meet up and just form this one mega podcast about wrestling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do that. <laughs> How many microphones would we need? <laughs> I don't think I got that many. Uh, I, I only I only got two cords here, bro. <laughs> where, where, where am I gonna fit the other? Maybe the other people can bring cords and microphones. <laughs> oh man, no, I don't think so. I don't think we're doing that. No. But again, guys, we're your favorite. We're we're your friends when we come to this stuff. You know, we're just like you. We have our opinions. We have our thoughts. We hope everything is. Uh, we we hope that the wrestling business is always in a good place. We want it to be in a good place. So mm-hmm. we have criticisms, as everybody does. You know, we're not the only ones who have criticisms. You know? It's not perfect. The wrestling, the wrestling world is not perfect at all. No. But can it be? A little bit. And we just want it to be that much better than it was the day before. Yes. Yeah, exactly. So, guys, uh, what, what, do, what do we say on, on, on wrestling overtime? Stooges, Stooges out. out.